What is going on, everyone? It's Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, we are going to talk about both uh, conference finals that are going on right now in the NBA. So that's going to be Hawks and Bucks and Suns Clippers. We're going to talk about each of those teams specifically and how they're doing in the finals. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. Yo, what is going on, everyone? It's Eric, your ranting co-host here. I have been thoroughly enjoying the playoffs this year, and that has continued. Um, I'm definitely, uh, definitely excited to see where it goes, and looking to looking forward to providing you guys with some more coverage. And what is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most, and been feeling a little under the weather the past few days, but you know I'm still excited to be here and talk some more NBA. I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of the games, but. Um, I'm excited that there's actually a few teams left in the playoffs that I can actually root for. Because <laughs> um, yeah. normally, normally we get to this point, it's a bunch of teams that I just don't really care for anymore. So I'm happy that for once there's actually teams I somewhat like left. Yeah, definitely, dude. Uh, around the hoop, as always, um, going to be basically the next month. Uh, we are an NBA podcast, so that is continuing. Obviously, this is the most important time of year uh, for an <laughs> NBA fan. So, like I said before, we're going to talk about both of the conference finals that are going on right now. Keep in mind, we are recording this on the night of Monday, the 28th. So, we do not know the end result of Game 5 between the Clippers and Suns. And Clippers the... currently have a one-point lead with nine minutes left in the third. Yeah, so the... It could go either way. The Suns could close it out tonight. The Clippers could force a game six back in L.A. We really don't know yet. Um, You will know when you're listening to this, obviously, how it turned out. But we don't know it yet. And same with the other series. Right now, it's a 2-1 Milwaukee Bucks series lead. And they'll be playing game four Tuesday night in Atlanta. So... That's what we'll start off with first, guys, is talk about the the East Finals here, Hawks and Bucks. Now, last week, we all, the three of us, we all predicted the Bucks to win the series. And, you know, they have the series lead right now, so it's looking good for them. So on the Bucks aspect, I guess we'll start with them first. Uh, the kind of article that I read about today talking about the Bucks is titled, Giannis Antetokounmpo sings Chris Middleton's praises after Game 3 heroics. Quote, I trust this guy to death. So um, <laughs> I I want to start with Connor. Do you think, um, how, how would you rate Middleton's performances in the playoffs right now? And I know in the past you've been really critical on him and being more like, okay, we know Giannis is going to show up and get his numbers, but... You've always sort of been doubting Middleton if he shows up or not. Um, how do you think Middleton's been playing, and do you expect it to continue going forward? I mean, he's been playing fairly decently so far in the playoffs. Um, I was actually trying to pull up his uh, recent game logs here, but um, yeah, I mean, he definitely still has his moments though, where it seems like he disappears. Like, I think it was, it was game one. I think it was because game two was like, obviously a huge domination for the box. Like, you know, there was even a clip on YouTube. I saw of like 
you know, the most popular clip from that game was like Thonsis or Thanasis, however mm-hmm. you pronounce his name, like dunking on someone. And like, that was the most popular clip from that game. It's like, wow. Okay. You know, the Bucks won dominantly when the, 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 Thanasis, Thanasis, Giannis's brother. <laughs> yeah, really. When Thanasis gets the most popular clip. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been playing fairly well. I mean, really he, has had a couple duds. I mean, more so against the Nets than against the Hawks. I mean, obviously he played really good in game two. He played fantastically in game three. Um, it's just, you got to keep it up because I'm glad that Giannis trusts him to death because I still don't trust him to death. Like, <laughs> you know, it's always one of those situations where, you know, he can have, I think he had a stretch in the Nets series where he had like three or four good games in a row, but then like come game seven time, remember like he didn't play that good in game seven. It was really like Giannis and the rest and Drew Holiday that really carried them through that game seven. So, um, you know, it's kind of like I'm sitting here waiting, like, you know, when's the next time Middleton's going to have a bad game? Because if he does have a bad game, then I mean, we saw what happened in game one, like it was close, but the Bucks lost in game one and Middleton shot like 26 percent from the field, which is God awful. I think he was something like, like oh of eight from three or something as well. So. Um, you know, it's, it's just like, I'm waiting for it, but so far he's been good. I mean, the Hawks have still managed to, you know, they somehow have a defensive strategy to contain Giannis. So, cause Giannis didn't have, I mean, he still had like 30 some points in game three, mm-hmm. but he definitely didn't have his usual like dominant games. So the Hawks have found a way to figure out Giannis. So Middleton really can't have one of those games where he just disappears completely because, then they're going to have to rely on Drew Holiday, which I don't trust him either. So, you know, yeah. it, he, it's just like, I'm, who knows? So, Eric, because um, I see here, there's a quote from this article um, where they basically call him the the team's closer. Like, how, how well do you trust him as a closer? Like, making, because, you know, in game one of the first, of their first game against the Heat, he obviously made that clutch shot uh to win the game so where do you do you trust him as a closer uh, you're obviously it can't be Giannis, and i think because of his free throw struggles so what's your what's your trust rating like for him at the end of games yeah I, i'm like with connor here i mean i would i would trust him as a closer more than i would Giannis or drew holiday so i i mean i guess kind of then by default like i have to trust him because he really is the best option, but I don't know if I still fully trust it because he just, like Connor said, I mean, he has these nights where he gets inconsistent where one night he's making everything. And then the next night he's missing everything, you know? And the problem is it's like, which Chris Middleton are you going to get? You know, I I guess if I'm, you know, the Bucks coach, what my mentality would have to be going into the game you know, as the, as each individual game goes on, you know, if it's close, play it by ear and see how the players are doing during the game. You know, if Middleton's pretty hot most of the game and you need to, you know, you need somebody to go out there and get you a buzzer beater, then get it to Middleton. But if it's like that game where he, like Connor was talking about, where he was 0 of 8 from 3 and only shot 26% from the field, I'm going to try to get it to Drew Holiday or somebody else, like, I just, try and get an alley oop to Giannis like the Suns did with yeah Aiden. yeah do, yeah drop a play like the Suns did with DeAndre Ayton uh, against the Clippers you know for Giannis that, but yeah but Giannis is too concerning just because his jump shot's bad and he's 
you know, a very horrible free throw shooter. So unless you can come up with a play to get him in space to get an easy drive to the basket, which is hard to do in half court sets, then Middleton probably is your best option. But like I said, if he's 0 of 8 from 3, though, like, and you need a three-pointer, then get it to someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, hey, I will say this for Middleton's sake, though. Like, you know, although he may not be super trustworthy as a closer, like, get you that game-winning bucket, if you need someone to knock some free throws down at the end of the game to, you know, kind of close out a game, then get it to him because he's a fantastic oh, free throw yeah. shooter. So. In that regard, yes. Yeah. So he'll do, regard, he'll do that for you for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, it always worries me when I watch him shoot because – they like do a close up of his face and you just see the sweat pouring off of him, like onto the ball. You're like, man, is he going to slip on his grip on the ball with all the sweat? And then you, and then you see once, you know, once he shoots it and then it goes back down the other side, you know, once the other team has the ball and is doing their offense, you see the, the NBA sweat man, the sweat wiper run out on the court, swipe the, the, the free throw line to to clean that, uh, clean that liquid up uh connor you know what i'm talking about based on your laughs that's just like the way that you're wording everything you're just like clean that like, liquid clean up. that liquid up dude I don't, I don't know what else to say man it's, it is what it is perforation or whatever it is what it is oh um, man that was that was great but yeah connor you've seen that before right oh, I, no, remember yeah, we commented yeah. that on a game like i'm pretty sure there was a game against like it was one of those games against the nets i think where like literally pretty well every time he was i can't remember i don't i'm pretty sure he was the reason for this too there was a stretch where literally the dudes like the yeah the sweat moppers or whatever they had to come out like two or three times in a row and i'm pretty sure it was because like wherever middleton was standing like they had to go and sw- like wipe it up i mean it was wild does he not like, like use any towels when he's on the bench like i'm just wondering uh i mean i think it's kind of crazy that he's, he's just he's, like, a, always... he's just a profuse sweater i guess you know like, I know, yeah I, mean, I think it's wild that he sweats like way more than Giannis does because Giannis has to really work most of the time <laughs> Dude, I yeah, would say but... just real quick, uh, unrelated thing, but yeah, dude, who I used to see that all the time with back in the day was Shaq. I mean, they would like interview this dude before the game started, and if you like had just tuned in, you would have thought the game was over. Like he was sweating <laughs> that bad before the game even started, dude. I was yeah. like, like, oh, I would not want to guard him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so but but uh, a serious thought about Middleton for for my my point of view is I think out of the playoffs, out of the four teams left in the playoffs, I think Middleton to me is like the most underrated player left because on, you know, on the Suns, it's, they have their other guys, but it's Booker and Chris Paul that get most of the credit and the other guys, Cameron Payne, Aiton, you know, they have their games and stuff. Uh, the Hawks, it's really just Trey Young. Everybody loves Trey Young, um, but there's no real consistent second man on the Hawks. That's what we always talk about. Um, the Clippers, they have some underrated players on their team, like uh, Terrence Mann. But Middleton is a, le- I mean, he's a former All Star. He's a legit second option, and he's been playing like that. But I still feel like since Giannis, you know, is a two time MVP you know, one of the one of the best players in the game that Middleton doesn't get enough credit for what he does for this team because they wouldn't be they wouldn't be here in the playoffs right now if it wasn't for him. In my opinion, 
out of everybody left, he's the like unsung hero, most uh, least talked about superstar left, um, which is fascinating to think about. But um, that will conclude our talk about the Bucks in in this part of the the matchup, and we'll turn it over to talk about the Hawks. So. Uh, a big storyline that happened with the Hawks at the end of the game, Trey Young had an ankle injury that he came back in the game for at the end of game three, didn't play himself, and he really wasn't a big part of the offense. I think he was kind of just out there because it was the playoffs and, you know, you desperately want to play in the game. So if you can play, you will play, but he just didn't, he just wasn't himself and he didn't have the speed and explosiveness that you normally see from Trey young where, you know, he fakes a three point shot and all of a sudden he's down at the rim making a layup. Like that's, that's one of the best parts about Trey young's game. In my opinion. Yeah. He has incredible range like Dame or Steph, like he can make those super deep threes. But another thing about his game, in my opinion, that's so impressive is his speed where you have to respect him from that far deep. But if you get up close to him, he'll just blow by you for a layup and then get fouled. And he's a very good free throw shooter. He just didn't have that at the end of the game. And, you know, it says here he's had some injuries in the past. Um, and this is obviously terrible timing for the Hawks. But um, I guess I'll start with Connor here on this. What? What do you make of this injury that he suffered? What do you think his status would be like for the next game? And kind of, is this it for the Hawks now? Like, do you think it's over? There's no chance. I mean, it's one of those things that I definitely don't think he's going to be at 100%. I mean, they came out today because originally everyone just kind of thought it was like a sprained ankle, you know, something like that, which obviously if it was a high ankle sprain, that's bad. But they came out and said it's like a bone bruise that he has. So I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that I'm sure he'll play just because, like you said, it's the playoffs. You know, people will play when they have injuries just because, you know, it's now or never. But Honestly, if he looks anything like he did at the end of game three, then it, it it's over. Like, I would have no qualms or worries about saying that it's over if he plays anything like that. Because, like, this isn't the Hawks are, you know, I think we've talked about this a lot, you know, how they don't have that consistent second option. Like, this isn't like the Nets where, oh, Harden and Kyrie are out, but they can still win because they still have KD. Or, oh, the Clippers, you know, Kawhi is hurt, but Paul George is keeping them in it. Like, they can still win, you know. But, like, when Trey Young goes down with the Hawks, it's like, I mean, what are you going to say? Like, oh, they still have Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like, whoa, you know, (laughs) like... Yeah. There's no one on that team that scares you anymore, especially with how good of a defensive team this Bucks team is. Like the Hawks are screwed if Trey Young can't come back and play the way he can. Like, you know, I know we were talking about this before the podcast, like, you know, future scheduling issues and stuff like, oh, what happens if this series goes seven games and whatnot? Like it'll go five games if Trey Young can't be back at 100 percent. So um, I don't know if you agree with me or not, Eric, on that subject. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And it's just a shame because obviously, you know, the Bucks had that blowout win in game two, but the Hawks managed to steal game one and they were leading in several chunks of the game three from what I saw. And it really it wasn't until 
after Trey Young went out with the injury, and then you know, even though he came back not being the same, that then the Bucks took over the game. And I feel like if Trey Young was still 100%, maybe the Hawks you know, even win that game and they're up two to one. And it, you know, but even if the Bucks had won that game, if Trey, even if, even if the Bucks had won with Trey Young being 100%, I mean, it would still be a fairly competitive looking series. But I mean, Connor hit it exactly on the head. I mean, there, there's no like a 1A and 1B type of deal with the Hawks. It's like Trey Young is the one. And then everybody else is like a 2B or 3A type of player, you know, like they have to have him. And if he's not 100%, then I have to agree that I think it's over. Just because you saw the difference when he was out in game three when they had the lead, but then compared to how they ended up losing the lead, I feel Mm -hmm. like that's just how the rest of the series is going to go. Trey Young can't go or if he's only like 75% or whatever. Do you think any differently, Zach, or what do you think? No, I mean, it, it's, I, I think it's set in stone. I mean, uh, even even with him being healthy, I still would have been really shocked if the Hawks had won the series just because of the, just because of the way Trey Young is. And I mean, it's no fault of his because he's such a great offensive player, but typically his defense is really bad, um, you know, because of his size. And then the Hawks, you know, I feel like the Hawks are one of those teams that right now doesn't have any really good defensive players on the team. Like, you know, Clint Capella maybe can get rebounds and stuff, but I just felt like with the matchup. Well, and also DeAndre is, Hunter is hurt. Like, that's yeah, their Hunter's hurt. That's their, that's the thing is Hunter's injury. And I just felt like the Bucks were going to really own the boards in this series in a way that, like, Philly shockingly didn't. And that was a big reason why Philly ended up losing that series is there were games that the Hawks, you know, got their share of rebounds. And, you know, it's important because uh, looking at game four of the Suns and Clippers, how bad of a shooting that was, you know, that's offensive rebounds and stuff that matters. That's one of the reasons why the Clippers, uh, the Suns, I mean, won that game four is on the boards. So then you take away the, the, big offensive threat of Trey Young in the three-point game. Like I said, all those free throws he gets, he gets lots and lots of free throws. And he's really their best. He's really, the Hawks are a bad free throw shooting team minus Trey Young. That's that's something else that I've noticed. Like, obviously, Clint Capella, he's no three, he's no free throw shooter. Um, and then um, Gallinari, I forgot about him. He's really good at free throws, but... Other than that, if you foul a guy, it seems like it's only the team is shooting like 60, 65 percent. So with all those things going on, with the Bucks having home court in the series, um, it just seems like the Cinderella run, the Cinderella run is over for the Hawks with him being hurt now. And it's a shame because, like you said, Eric, they were actually competing in that game three with him healthy. So. It's something that that does, you know, have a mark on the playoffs, in my opinion. And it's something, too, with all the stars being injured. I mean, it would have been, I think, a lot a lot more fans would be interested, I think, with the stars in the game, seeing Kawhi, seeing a fully healthy Clippers team, you know, seeing a fully healthy, healthy Nets team, how that would have been. And 
all the other teams that have had major stars get hurt for games or series. You know, it's really unfortunate that's happened. But um, to answer the question, I think most people would agree it's it's probably over for the Hawks. Um, and, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of, I think. Uh, they, they've, they won a game in this, so they, they're not going to be swept no matter what. So that's good. And, hey, if they somehow do win that game four, it's the series is 2-2 no matter how bad it looks for them. So... That's the thing with the Hawks is we've kind of, you know, thought that they were going to be eliminated earlier in the playoffs and they didn't end up getting eliminated. So not me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Connery, obviously, you know, his lock, you know, but but with Eric and I, we kind of wrote them off. And that was and Eric was talking about how he would have locked the Sixers to win that series out of all the the series that were happening in that second round. So, yeah, it's uh, it's sad for the Hawks sake, but it just seems like it's. The Bucks, it's it's made for the Bucks in the East, anyways, until they get to the finals, in my opinion. Um, unless the NBA starts actually enforcing the ten second free throw rule, uh, <laughs> that could that could definitely change things if the referees start calling the ten seconds. Because you know it's it's him him in his free throws, man. He he takes twelve seconds every time. Um, so let's go ahead now, guys. Uh, I feel like we've talked about the the East teams. Uh, pretty well enough now so let's go and talk about the west series and taking a look at my tv right now to <laughs> give a better update um <laughs> the clippers have a little bit more of a lead now it's that eight point lead for me yeah. 84 76 with yeah. 211 left in the third so there you go eric there you go i got y'all got y'all yeah <laughs> um but yeah so it's it's a 3-1 series lead right now for the suns um, and I guess let's talk about the Suns first here. The, the article on them that I found about talked about Chris Paul, the Suns and their chance to forge a lasting legacy. So I kind of want to talk, uh, with Eric first about this, since you've been more tuned in with this series and this series has had some really good games. So Eric, just talk about the Suns. Uh, the the key players on the Suns, um, that game two miracle that they had, just what are, how impressed have you been by them in this uh, in this series, and do you think they close it out? Well, actually, I mean, game one, the Suns were uh, amazing in that game. I mean, they they played lights out, um, but since then. They've actually they've kind of struggled a bit, in my opinion. I mean, I I feel like while they're up three games to one, I kind of feel like they're lucky to be up three games to one because really, game uh game two and uh game four, those games really could have gone either way, and I am a little concerned for the Suns because. I, while I've, you know, I've been big on the Clippers and picking them in the previous series and stuff, like, I, I don't want them to get to the finals. I, I, I wanted to be the Suns. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really like Chris Paul. Uh, I have become more of a fan of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton's been, he's been stepping up. Uh, it looks like he's not doing so great in tonight's game so far, but 
Um, he's been big for them in the series. Call him out, Eric. He'll do better. <laughs> yeah, DeAndre, you got to play better. Devin Booker, you got to play better. <laughs> Eric's going to rant um, on you. <laughs> yeah, I will rant. No, I, I won't rant on them if they lose. But I, but I, but I will say I am concerned just because um, other than game one, uh, Devin Booker's shooting has not been phenomenal. And then, of course, Chris Paul came back in game three and uh in games three and four he really didn't shoot the ball well that well either um the the Suns are really fortunate that in game two that paul george missed those free throws at the end of the game and then they're fortunate that in game four that while they were on a five minute streak of not being able to make a shot that the clippers also did the same thing it's almost like each team both of these teams in this series are like trying to find ways to lose these games which has been weird (laughs) uh so i don't know i don't know if you guys feel that same way but um and then of course like the clippers are leading right now at the time of this recording so there is a good chance when this episode comes out that this will still be a series but i mean if the clippers do end up winning this game tonight i mean i feel like they still do have a chance to take the series like most of the time when a team goes up three to one you're like oh it's over like, especially if the Bucks go 3-1 on the Hawks with Trey Young not being healthy, or, oh, it's over. But when the Suns went up 3-1, while it's like, okay, they had the commanding position, I didn't feel like it was a wrap that the series was over, you know? And so I am a little, like, I'm not 100% worried, but I'm like 6 out of 10 worried. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But what, what do you guys think? Do you all agree, disagree? Yeah, I would, I mean, it definitely seems like the Clippers are going to win this game game five right now but even if they do i'm feeling i'm like 90 percent sure the suns end up winning at least in seven like i don't i don't see them losing again at home after this um i just don't but i see what you say and this is kind of what i said i think it was last week how these playoffs right now they're so hard for me to predict because the, out of the players that are healthy and left, like the superstars, are all infamous chokers. Like, you know, Giannis in the playoffs the past couple of years, he's still in. You have Chris Paul, who they talk about in this article how he is notorious for losing three to one series leads. And then you have Pandemic P, aka also known as Paul George. So, <laughs> um, you like, have, you've, been like, you've been spitting out the comedy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, I, he's, not, he's not looking like Pandemic P tonight, I will say. No, that. no, but but that's the thing is you never know when Pandemic P is going to show up. Like, he's he's very inconsistent, and I really don't care what anybody says. I expect Paul George to fail in the clutch. I just do. See it with the free throws that you proved it, you know? Are we going to get that sort of Pandemic P, or are we going to get the one where he... He's playing like he is tonight. We just don't know. Um, and that's the thing. Is like, in my opinion, because there's no uh, proof. If Kawhi was healthy, you know, he's the he's the best thing. Um, he would be the the player to look to and be like, okay, we've seen him get it done before. He's a Finals MVP. You know, like a player of Kawhi's status. There's nobody like that in these playoffs anymore. So because of that. I could think, yeah, the the Suns, they could blow this because Chris Paul has blown it before. Um, he's never been to the finals. He's been close a couple times, but never been. 
Uh, Devin Booker, he's never done anything before this season. Um, DeAndre Ayton, he was looking like like a mistake considering that Luca and Trey Young were drafted after him in the draft and he went number one overall. So, yeah, I could see the Suns losing this. But then you look at the team they're playing the Clippers and if Paul George has a pandemic P performance in either game six or seven, I think it's over. So that's my reason why I think, I think it's, I think there's a a better chance that happens for both those games. But, you know, and and the fact that the Suns have home court advantage, I think that's a big thing too. Um, I think it, like, I do think it could go seven games, but if it does go seven games, I'm taking the home team with the Suns. So that's where I stand on it. Connor, what about you? What do you think about Suns being vulnerable or not? I mean, honestly, if I'm looking at this, I'm actually feeling really good if I'm the Bucks because really, it's been really interesting to me watching these playoffs in the sense that this is the first time, I think, in a really long time where I don't think the West has the best chance to win the finals because literally all of these teams that have, like, you know, obviously a lot of them have been eliminated by now, but like they've all looked vulnerable. Like the Lakers looked really vulnerable. The Jazz were obviously very vulnerable. And then, you know, now you've got the Clippers who honestly, I don't know how they've managed to get this far given some of the games that they've played. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and obviously the Suns look vulnerable. The, um, what was it? The Nuggets obviously looked very vulnerable when they got swept. Like, I don't know. I just feel good if I'm the the East right now. I mean, obviously the Hawks like are probably out of it, like we mentioned before. But if I'm the Bucks, I'm thinking like, man, like you know, these West teams don't look like the powerhouses that they're supposed to look like. Because um, yeah, it's wild seeing the Suns. Because I mean, you know, like you said, um, I do still expect the Suns to hold on and win this. Um, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. Just because, again, like I said, I don't know how the Clippers have gotten this far, but. It's it's crazy to me to think that, like, you know, especially right now, like, they're down by 11 at home right now in a game where they could, you know, punch their ticket to the NBA Finals. And, I mean, Devin Booker's playing pretty good, but, like, the rest of the team, you know, like, I wouldn't say they're playing bad, per se, but, like, Aiton and Chris Paul have both been very underwhelming. You know, Jay Crowder's been really cold tonight. Like, there's just a lot of, and obviously, like, you know, they're letting Paul George, like, destroy them when it's like, okay, you know, how is it that, you know, if you're going to, but then if they contain Paul George, then they're somehow letting, like, Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson shoot all over them. So, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, of all people, has, like, double-digit points right now. So, I don't know. It's it's really crazy to see, but I, I do agree. I don't see the Suns losing three games in a row. Um you know, they'll find a way, whether it's on the road in L.A. or back home in Game 7 in Phoenix. They'll find a way to win. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Like you said, the the chokers going against each other. Like, if it ends up being, like, Suns and Bucks, like, you know, who's going to make the mistakes first? Is it going to be Chris Paul or is it going to be Giannis? You know, who knows? But um, the Suns really got to pull their head out of their rear ends right now because – it's not going to look good at all if the Clippers come back and win, you know, because this is probably honestly for a lot of people, this could be Chris Paul's last chance to win an NBA championship. Cause obviously given his age and, you know, if he starts to regress at all, it's not like, you know, he's going to be able to get traded to like another contender or anything. Cause it, he still has that really ridiculous contract. So um, it could be his last chance. And if the Suns blow it like this, then, 
you know, Chris Paul, it's, it's hard to build a legacy. I don't know for him. Cause you know, if you look at everything else in his career, like, you know, you'd look, Oh, you'd be like hall of famer easily. But the fact that he's never won a championship in a sport like the NBA, because I think championships mean more in the NBA than they do in a lot of other sports. Like I think in, if you look at baseball or hockey or football, like especially football, you know, football is a highly, highly like, you know, you got to have a really good team around you most of the time to win anything. I mean, you look at, you know, obviously the debate, you know, there's all the Tom Brady's, the goat and everything, but you look, the Patriots always had a fantastic team around him. Uh, He never had a situation where he had to carry like a really terrible team and went ahead and won the Super Bowl. Whereas like, but you can do that in the NBA. Like we saw how LeBron carried the Cavs. Like obviously they didn't win that year because the Warriors were just completely stacked, but you can do that in the NBA where if you have like one or two good players, they can carry a pretty mediocre team to a championship. I mean, you could argue the Lakers did that last year, you know, the rest of the team behind AD and LeBron really wasn't that fantastic. So I I don't know. It's really important for Chris Paul that he can win a championship because who knows what his legacy will be if he never can win one. Yeah. He, I mean, if he doesn't, plus he hasn't hasn't even been in the finals yet. It's not, you know, because, like with LeBron, obviously he's been to the finals a ton of times, but even though he's lost six of them, he has won four and he's been in the finals a buttload of times. But like Chris Paul in his whole career has never even been to the finals yet. Yeah, and he, he, I know he's played in pretty, the West. He's been on some pretty good teams too. Like, yeah. Like some of those Clippers teams were good. The, some of the Rockets teams were good. Uh, you know, now the Suns team is pretty good. So, um yeah, he's had uh, the only one I don't blame him was when he had a hamstring injury against the Warriors when they were up three two, and then he he had the hamstring injury and couldn't play. Like so, like that one, you know, I I obviously give him because he was actually playing really well in that series before that. So I I give him a pass for that one. But like he's had a lot of other ones, man. Where it's like, where did Chris Paul go? Like even in Game Seven with the Thunder last year against the Rockets in the first round, like you know he had some big buckets in Game Six and helped us force the game seven but then in game seven it was like where'd you go chris <laughs> like, he kind of vanished into thin air on that one you know he went so, to, he went to shoot a state farm commercial yeah he, he, he took kyle lowry off the milk carton and replaced himself on there or something you know, you know what happened but, is uh he turned into a basketball oh yeah <laughs> or, a cardboard, or a cardboard cutout you know you're you're welcome state farm uh you can DM me on Twitter and I'll tell you where to mail the check for that. Talk about royalties, well, Jake, you... from, Jake from State Farm. <laughs> you might you might take the check back because State Farm. I want to say those commercials are pretty trash, but <laughs> oh okay. Whoa, could have been bringing in some could have been bringing in some serious cash, and Eric just ruined it for us. Thanks a lot, Eric. Well, look, let me just help your writers out. You can't have him say he turns into a basketball when he just disappears and then the basketball he's holding drops to the ground. He didn't actually even turn into a basketball <laughs> lame anyway, I'm off subject again. I digress. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, yeah. One last thing about the, about the Chris or maybe just more so the Suns thing I want to hear from Eric on is okay. let's say, because you are more, you're out of all three of us. You're the one that's like, most concerned for the Suns' chances in this uh, playoff. So if what you talked about ends up happening and they do blow the series lead and, and the, the Clippers win in seven games, is is that going to like 
put the Suns back a few notches? Like, is that gonna is this gonna be like their best chance? And then we're gonna be like, oh, remember the Suns in twenty twenty one? I remember how good they were because for the next five years they never made it again. Do you um, see that happening, or or do you think there's still a chance for them? I think there's still a chance just because of in the sense that you know Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are both still pretty young. I mean, and this is their first time. You know, under twenty five, like, they're both yeah, under five. It's I not think, like so. they've been in this position three or four times and then never made it. Like then I'd be like, okay, yeah, they're done, but. Yeah, they still have a chance. And I've heard Chris Paul wants to potentially like work out his contract a little bit to make it a little more friendlier on the team and kind of stretch it out over more mm-hmm. years, something so that he can, you know, keep playing for them and then also play longer. Um, so if that happens, you know, and they keep that core together as long as, you know, Chris Paul doesn't regress, which could happen because of his age, but if he doesn't regress, then I I still think they have a chance. But one thing that like we haven't talked about yet with the Suns, and unfortunately I do hate to say this, but they've been the biggest benefactor of the superstar injuries and stuff that we've been talking about. Because oh you know, yeah, if, you're if, right. If you, if you look in that Lakers series, like while they won the first game, like AD torched them in games two and three, and it looked like the Lakers were on a clear path to beating them. And then of course, AD got hurt. And then that series uh, flipped around. And then of course, in the Nuggets series, while they did beat the Blazers, you know, they were without Jamal Murray in that series, which, you know, obviously hurt them not having their, you know, number two option behind Jokic. Like Jokic was having to do everything on offense. Uh, And then now with the Clippers, they haven't had to play a single game of, you know, against Kawhi Leonard, they've been going strictly just against Paul George basically this whole time. And really, they could have, like I said, they could have lost games two and four. That like this series could easily be three to one the other way around. So, and I know, like y'all said, the Suns like they could still like, you know, they get the home court again in Game Seven if they do lose tonight, and if they lose Game Six. But I would be worried for them in that Game Seven just because while yes, they would be at home in that game if that situation does happen. That's going to mean the Clippers have won two games in a row, though, and they're going to have the momentum. So I don't know, man, but Devin Booker's going to have to get it together because, like, he's been doing, like, okay in this game, it looks like, but his shooting has been inconsistent after that first game, and that's what's hurting them. If he has, like, a lights-out performance again, then I think they win, no problem. But this the fact that they've been, it seems like games two through now five, they've kind of struggled, like, I am concerned for them. But if if they do lose, back to Zach's question, though, then, like, if they were to somehow choke this series, I don't think it's over for them. But this is really a top-tier chance for them, though, because of all the, you know, fortunate things that they've had happen with, uh, you know, teams that they played with injuries and stuff. They may not get – this is like a golden ticket right now. You know, like, they could still get there again, but it, it's going to be a lot harder for them in the future, whereas, like, this is their best chance right now. Like, they've got a golden ticket right here, and they – they I'm need to, yeah. They need to punch that thing. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying this because um, for the West the past couple of years, like it's been the Warriors and the Lakers really last year. And you look at the teams that lose to the Warriors and Lakers. Like remember when the Rockets did? They they never came back. The yeah, Blazers Thunder, they made Thunder it. They, the Blazers back. made it to the Western Conference Finals. They didn't make it back. Thunder didn't make it back. Nuggets last year didn't make it back. 
I mean, that it's just recent history. Unless you're one of those like Warriors or you know that Lakers team last year. Yeah, I, you know? I guess my thing is that while with the Warriors, Clay Thompson's going to come back. They're going to have him back, obviously. But yeah, Draymond Green sucks offensively, and he's regressed big time offensively. And then there's no telling if Clay's even going to be the same player. I mean, he's coming off. A well, I'm not saying that, the I'm not saying that the Warriors are going back to the finals. I'm just no, saying no, like. I'm just I'm just laying down yeah. like what next year could look like for the Suns, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like there's no telling if Clay's even gonna be the same player. And then with the Lakers, I mean, while they're a great team, I mean, you saw how many different players on their team got hurt this year. And who knows if they're gonna be the same because LeBron's age is obviously catching up to him and while he's still getting the numbers and everything, like this Cripple is now- double. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My favorite thing to talk about. But this is uh, this is now two of the last three seasons where he's had a big injury and missed time. And while the Lake, while AD stayed healthy last year and they won the championship, that was almost like an anomaly. Like he almost never stays healthy for a full season. So I do, you know, injury concerns for the Lakers, obviously. And then some of these other teams like Portland's going to have a new coach now and who knows what they're going to be like. And I'm worried about the Jazz, like with their. I feel like this was their kind of like last chance kind of deal because, like, I feel like they need to make some moves. So while the Suns, I think even if they lose this, like, they're still going to have their young core. You mm-hmm. know, Chris Paul will probably still be there. Like, so I, if they can even maybe just make like one other move to get like one other piece or something, like, I, I think the Suns could easily get back in the next year. But with all the injuries and everything, they've been had fortunate in their favor this year. Like. They do need I don't think it's their last chance, but it is a big chance and they need it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if that makes I don't sense. I don't know if you guys are taking a look up at your TVs or not, but they are coming four back to this game, game too. Um real close, uh, seven minutes, four point game. Paul George just had a terrible foul on a free th- after a free throw. Uh oh. Shoved the guy to the ground. Pandemic. Pandemic. He's pulling a Draymond. he's pulling pulling a dream on just what's happening (laughs) yeah okay so yeah let's talk about the clippers now guys so um obviously in this game four this is after this article is written after game four and they talk about it says here this is i thought the start of this article was funny it says when a team loses an 84 to 80 decision as the clippers did saturday night the list of regrets is long most will point to their inability to make time free throws or the 13 straight possessions in the fourth quarter when both teams failed to change a 71-70 score. Um, so talks about fatigue here and how physical the series has been. Um, you don't have Kawhi. And then also, too, something um, something that the article doesn't talk about that I kind of want to ask Eric about is we saw, I think it was in game three maybe um where they went on the clippers went on a big run and then the the camera points to Kawhi leonard up in the stands and he's like emotionless obviously that's that's normal for Kawhi to be emotionless but eric is there like Kawhi is obviously a weird person i mean you know him i know you know Kawhi. yeah but... you know I, i've been able to you know, bring him onto the show. Yeah. Times, you know? So you know him better than anybody, but yeah. Um, with him sitting up in the stands and not 
down with his team on the bench. Like that's I've just never seen. That's just a weird thing. Like I don't know. Like it's like he's a fan up in the up in the stands there. Like why isn't he with the team? Do you think? And is that a sign of things to come in free agency? Is that him distancing himself from the team? Like, or do you make that conclusion based off that? Or is it just Kawhi being weird? Is this just just a, a weird thing with him I mean, not being with the team down on the down in the game and like giving advice to the teammates? Because like there's nothing if he sees something, he, he can't really talk to the team up there. Like you would want him to be down on the bench to give his input and leadership. I mean, I know he's not known for a leader, but. What do you what do you make of that? I mean, while obviously I do know Kawhi the best out of all four of us on the panel, but uh, <laughs> make a miss yeah. league. But yeah, man, I just I don't honestly, man, I have no idea. I mean, it's really because to me it would seem like looking at the way this team is playing without him, you would think that he would want to come back and continue to be a part apparently of he's never even he hasn't like tried at all to to come back I, I i don't think he's like gonna try and come back um from what it sounds like he hasn't like picked up a basketball in weeks man i don't know dude i, I mean does. i think i think he honestly might, probably has an acl tear i think they're not saying it but i think he probably has an acl tear <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> Honestly, that's going to look bad on the Clippers, though, if it suddenly comes out after they're out of the playoffs or even if they went after the season's over, like, if uh, if he does have a torn ACL. Because, like, they can diagnose that within the same day of the injury. You know what I mean? Yeah, they'll get but, fined for so, that. Yeah, be like, you know, but that, that'll be a bad look on them if that does end up being what his injury is. But I don't know, man. I mean, maybe he does one out. And, you know, you we've seen this before where he – had his disagreements with San Antonio and he wanted out of there and then he got traded to Toronto. And even though they won the title, he didn't want to stay there. Uh, You know, he's a great player and everything, but for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to be a super loyal player. Uh, (laughs) So I don't know. I, I don't know why he would want out because with that being like, you know, his home area and he always wanted to play for Los Angeles, you know, a Los Angeles team and all that. I don't know why he would but it's a very weird situation because like you said if I'm on the Clippers you know with his expertise of the game and being the best player on the team like I would want him down there like if he sees something that we could exploit you know he can tell us or yeah you know if he has something that he thinks we should try differently like he can you know take his input like I I would want that but you know he's just sitting up there and, and obviously he he's never really been a person to show much emotion but like when your team was down by like you know almost 20 points and then you got it back down to like a six point game like and the fans (laughs) are just going crazy how do you not show how do you not even smile at least like (laughs) i mean dang dude i just when i've had teams where or watching games where like my team was losing and i'm like man this sucks like we're getting beat but then like we go on a run like i'm like yelling at my tv i'm so excited or if i'm at the game like i'm jumping up and down with everybody like i'm not just sitting there like wow you know (laughs) (laughs) you make that one yeah even the even like the commentators had to like poke fun at Kawhi at that when they got it down to six and like it just cut to him and he was just sitting there and he was like Kawhi leonard going crazy like (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know, man. I maybe he is going to leave. I don't know. I at this at this point I wouldn't be surprised, but I I guess going into the season I would have been surprised, but um cuz you know he got the coaching change he wanted and all that, but maybe yeah. he just has such a maybe he just doesn't feel confidently about Paul George and doesn't want to play with him anymore. I don't know, but I thought they were friends, so I this whole thing is just crazy. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, go yeah, let's hear Connor's thoughts on this situation. I mean, you guys pretty much nailed everything on the head with it. I mean, it would be very interesting to see. I mean, my question for him, I guess, would be if he does want out, then, like, where does he want to go? Like, I mean, I'm sure, obviously, there's a lot of teams out there that'll pay top dollar for him. But, you know, like, where would he want to go? Is there another, I mean, would he be able to do kind of like what he did in L.A.? Because, obviously, you know, when he went to the Clippers, he was able to bring Paul George there. Is there, like, another player that he wants to try and team up with out there. I mean, obviously we don't, there's no rumors or anything, but you know, it would just be really interesting. It would certainly, you know, cause right now this is unfortunately looking like a pretty boring free agent season, you know, that's coming up here. Cause there's a lot of all of the big names, you know, signed long-term deals and all this other stuff. Like I'm pretty sure the like top free agent right now that's supposed to be happening for this next season is like Kyle Lowry. So, um, <laughs> so like that would, turn the free agent market like completely on its head if Kawhi like you know turned down his player option and decided to leave LA um so I mean it's funny because I mean it could be that some of these places that think that he is going to because I have seen some things about like top free agents and you know they are mentioning Kawhi Leonard in them and you know because I think it's one of those situations too like if he really wanted to stay then you know, why haven't we heard anything about like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm definitely going to, you know, take that player option, like for sure, like I'm staying, you know, especially the way that, you know, we're getting close to the end of the season. And with the way that COVID is, you know, shifted everything on its head, like free agency is coming up here not too long from now. Yeah. So I would have thought that we would have heard something by now on what his plans were. I mean, maybe he's just he's trying the, to keep to himself. He's the, he, I'll say this. He is the most secretive person, secretive superstar there is in the league. Like, he does not tell anybody. The only person who knows what he's going to do is, like, his Uncle Dennis. That's it. He doesn't have... (laughs) You know how some of these people, they have, like, a whole, like, following. They have, like, a whole squad of, like, a social media manager and, like, uh, agent and all these sort of things. He, He just has his Uncle Dennis, and they keep their lips zipped. So... That's why we haven't heard anything, cause cause he has his lips zipped. Remember his free agency about uh, the Clippers? Nobody was saying the Clippers. I ever nobody's saying that. And then he went to well, the except Clippers. for you, except for me. But I, I don't have any inside source. You know, I'm not I'm not like Eric. But yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. You say, come on, Eric. Why, you say, cousin Eric. <laughs> well, but even even like like Zach said though, it's just Uncle Dennis because he doesn't tell me this stuff. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> Obviously, because I would I wouldn't have said I don't know otherwise. But yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have picked answer... him to go back to Toronto or whatever you picked him for that season. Yeah. I thought he would stay there. I'm like, okay, you just won a championship. Like it would make sense, but you know, then he did the whole LA thing and they got Paul George and all that. But uh, I have heard like if he were to leave, it seems like Miami is the top target that I'm hearing of where he would go. He would go to team up with Jimmy Butler, I guess, but. I don't know. I mean, I, he, if he loves LA so much as he, you know, 
said he does and wanted to play for them so badly. Like, I don't see why he would leave, but. Man, I'm also kind of surprised he would want to go to Miami because, like, I mean, I know, obviously, like, they still have Jimmy Butler and Autobio, but, like, the rest of the Heat is, like, in shambles right now, you know, after what happened at the end of this season. So that would be an interesting uh, destination, well, I they, guess. I mean, to... also, too, like, you got to think, like, they're one of the teams that has the cap space for him. Like, that's another thing, too, is, like... I mean, you know, if the Hornets want to make it happen, like, we got cap space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the Thunder, we probably got, like, 90 million. The, the Playoff teams paying. with cap space, guys. <laughs> the, 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 only, the only person we're paying is I mean, technically, up. the Hornets were... They were they were a play-in team, so... <laughs> <laughs> but oh, also, man. too, I think something, like... On, like I feel like Kawhi is gonna be one of these players that retires like out of the blue, like way early into his prime. Like I don't see him playing another like ten seasons. I don't know uh, if you guys like, like, like a Bar- like a Barry Sanders type Calvin yeah, type like, sort of situation. I, I do because he's already got. I mean, he has already two championships, so it's not like he's a Chris Paul like trying to play till forty to win a ring like. Do you agree with that? Like, do you do you see him being like one of these guys who's like, okay, I'm done with basketball? Like, I mean, I it would, wouldn't surprise I, I me. That. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I mean, it just seems like he's not. You know, when you think about some of these superstars in the NBA, like you know, people like LeBron and um, why oh, I'm like Chris Paul and Giannis, and like they seem like they're completely and wholly dedicated to basketball. Like, this yeah. is their life. You know. Obviously, like you said, Kawhi is a very secretive person, but it seems like to me, like, you know, whenever I get, you know, look at him and get vibes from him and stuff like he doesn't see it doesn't seem like this is his life as if like, you know, he has something else that he could be doing or whatever. But he's just kind of like playing basketball for fun. And then it's and like, OK, whenever. At it, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like and it's like whenever he doesn't feel like it anymore, he's like, oh, OK, you know, I'm I'm done. Like, whatever. It's not that yeah. big of a deal to me. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. He's there's no I'll say he's unique, man. There's nobody of his caliber in the game. That's at all I've ever seen like him and probably ever will be. Um, But that's that's going to wrap up our Kawhi Leonard talk, guys, (laughs) for the Clippers. Um, (laughs) Obviously, he's not even playing in the playoffs, but we had to we had to talk about him for other reasons. Um, But yeah, that's going to wrap this episode up, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to our thoughts on all four of these teams left in the playoffs. Hopefully you enjoy the episode and we will be back next week, hopefully doing a NBA finals preview. And that will be a lot of fun. And until then, remember be clutch. Bye. And just update you real quick before I say peace, the Clippers are up 112 to 98 with 320 left in the game. So most likely there will be a game six. Peace.